that yeah. definitely revitalized him and gave him like a degree of coolness, right? That yeah. this their this grunge god had, you know, covered this song um for right. their unplugged album. To those kids, he wasn't seen as very cool at that time. Now he's just kind of universally seen as cool. He's in entered the the canon, sort of, but it was a little more out there to cover Bowie, I guess, when Nirvana did it for Unplugged. Now it's just expected that you'll cover Bowie, right? <laughs> Feels like it, right? But yeah, in the 90s, I guess, if you're looking at the stuff he did just recently, it wasn't really much of no. I mean, I'm, there are gems within there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a Let's Dance level commercial excitement. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like the critical excitement of like the Berlin trilogy or, yeah. you know, scary monsters. Like it was none of that um, level. And so I think people were gauging him based upon like the recent items and not really, and maybe thinking about like his iconic past in the, you know, early seventies, but I don't know, I guess even his movie career wasn't that great. <laughs> like Labyrinth flopped. Like we don't Did think Labyrinth about that flop? now, but it was a critical and commercial flop. That's fucked up because I only know it now as the kind of classic status. Yeah, like it really, like I think it kind of broke Jim Henson's heart that it wasn't as up. successful as he thought you know it would be or deserved to be. Um, so People yeah, I mean there just wasn't did not respect but, it. You know, personally, like in his personal life, he was really thriving. Like he was married. He was marrying Amon. Mm-hmm. He was doing great. Yeah. Like he was clean, sober, probably. Yeah, like you know? he was just winning yeah. left and right. And he always handsome. So. Sure. <laughs> that didn't change. You know? But yeah. So personally, he was, he was doing very well. And so outside, one outside, sorry. One, yeah, say it right. One, One outside. outside. The Nathan Adler Diaries, a hypercycle. This is too many. I'm I'm down for I'm down for the number one. Mm-hmm. I'm down for the subtitle, the Nathan Adler Diaries. I don't know about a sub subtitle. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to have that many titles in addition to a numeral in front of it. How long is uh, Fiona Apple's Win the Pawn? That's a poem. So that's just one title. There's no subs. So your argument's been destroyed. <laughs> just a poem. It's just really long. It's just a mouthful. That's all. And I love it. But I used to be able to recite back when we did that podcast. I think I could recite it almost. Maybe anyway, I'm not going to do it. But yeah, the outside is a, it is a mouthful indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is a hypercycle though? That's what I was kind of wondering. <laughs> What's a hypercycle? Yeah, well, I'm going to have a clip where Bowie explains the album and mm. it's it's interesting. Thank God someone's going to explain <laughs> it to me. So I don't fuck. It's kind of like I heard he was inspired by Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, great. I didn't fucking understand Twin Peaks either. No one understands anything that David Lynch makes. And if they tell you they do, they're <laughs> lying to you. And lis- listeners out there who are like, I get it. I understand it. I'm, I'm kind of a himbo. That's a that's contact a us and explain it to us. Then it's a known thing. All right, I'm the himbo that the lovable himbo of the show. That's why Jess does the research anyway. <laughs> and you shouldn't trust my research because I'm a bimbo. So really, no. <laughs> this is just awful. It's an awful combination. Bimbo, if you didn't know, is the female version of himbo. <laughs> Okay, so this album was released September 26, 1995. By the way, that's 
after his tour with Nine Inch Nails started. That's kind of significant because their store, their tour started like two weeks earlier. It was September 14th. So the tour was kind of pr- to promote outside, mm-hmm. but they started before it even dropped. Yeah. But probably Heart's Filthy Lesson was already Heart's on. Heart's Filthy Lesson, the single? Was probably on the radio. Uh, September 11th, 95. So September yes. September 11th? Mm-hmm. You know where I was on September 11th of 1995? Where were you? I on was September 11th. On my way to go see Bush with Hum and the Toadies at the Shrine Mosque. It was my what first rock concert. That's insane. Uh huh. Bush with Hum and the Toadies? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Bush multiple times in Springfield? Twice. I can't believe that Bush came to Springfield I think multiple they times. They still come. No, they do not. Nobody, people have learned better than to come to Springfield by this point. I think they there's come. There's too many bad stories in the music industry. I mean, Marilyn Manson was here just like four years ago well, or something, five yeah, years ago. Yeah, true. But I mean, he's doing a different, <clears throat> he, at the time he was doing a different sort of circuit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Shrine <laughs> Mosque, look it up. <laughs> Fucked up place. Nine Inch Nails played there. Man, I would I would love to have been there. I was a baby though. I was like 12, yeah. I was 10. But here I was 13 and I was ready to rock. 13 is pretty young for a rock concert. My... Mom would only let me go if my if, if if a parent took us, and I was like, "Well, why don't you take me?" Because you took Monica to go see like White Snake and Glass oh Tiger and God. shit. And my mom was like, "Because I'm an old fat lady." <laughs> so I had to beg like my uh, my best friend Erica begged her her mom and dad, and her dad finally agreed to take us. And he was the one that showed up, and I didn't know if he was like. A dad trying really hard to impress or be cool. Probably. Or if he really was like a biker dad. So it was very confusing to me because I didn't have a dad. So I wasn't around dads. I didn't know that there could be cool dads. Dads I knew were like Danny Tanner. They didn't look like because I I had TV dads, not real dads. I think at that time in in the 90s, every dad thought you had to dress up like a biker to go to a rock show. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Like our leather jacket, shades, check. Anyway, yeah. So the single Heart's Filthy Lesson had been out. So I guess at least fans could have a okay. taste of it, you know. Interesting. Yeah. But the album itself didn't drop for a couple of weeks after it came out or after the tour started. Um, so I'm going to have Bowie tell you what this album is about. All right. Let Bowie tell it. <laughs> I will. So this is from an episode of 120 Minutes, hosted by Louis Largent. And Jessica's keep... favorite show. <laughs> I wasn't watching it at this point, and I wish I had been. I don't mm. think my mom allowed me to stay up that late on Sundays yet. There was something your mom didn't allow you to do? Yeah. There were some things. She tried, at least, and then eventually she just gave up because she realized <laughs> that I was just going to my you room wild. and like listening to music until 2 or 3 in the morning anyway, so it didn't matter. I was matter. listening to music late in my room on my little boombox, but mm-hmm. nobody had to know that. Not not until 2 or 3, good lord. So this, this 120 Minutes episode was actually recorded, I believe, the night of their first show in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh. So um, he interviews both Bowie and Reznor together, and mm-hmm. then he gets Bowie alone. <laughs> <laughs> To talk right. shit on Trent? Yeah, they're going to talk shit on Trent. They're going to, he's like, dude, spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie, what's tea? 